This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've heard of art imitating life. And if you've been watching the hit HBO series Station Eleven, you've probably noticed that the line between fact and fiction has gotten really blurry. The show is set and filmed in Chicago, and it's about a deadly pandemic that kills much of the world. Believe it or not, the show began filming in January 2020, months before the real world went into COVID lockdown. But despite the doom and gloom, Station Eleven is ultimately a hopeful story that celebrates our shared humanity. Here's a clip from the onset of the fictional pandemic, where one of the main characters, who's played by Himesh Patel, finds himself becoming caretaker to a child that he's just met. When are you going to take me home? My parents don't know where I am. Well, Kirsten, I know... I know this is all a little scary, okay? But they're saying that there's a... A health scare coming, okay? And uh, people are supposed to get inside. The problem is we... We can't reach anyone who knows you even exist. That's not fair. If you want to go back to your house, you want to try and get in, we'll call a cab. We'll figure it out. Or you you can spend the night at my brother's apartment. I'm not allowed to say you have to. Because that's kidnapping. Joining us now is Patrick Somerville, Station Eleven's creator, showrunner, and executive producer. Welcome, Patrick. Hi, Sasha. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for being with us. Uh, So, Patrick, these characters, they're, they're trying to hold on to their humanity despite the world collapsing around them. You you started filming this here in Chicago the week that the first case of COVID was confirmed in this country. So uh, how eerie was that for the cast and crew? I think it was it was very eerie, and it was also being experienced on different timelines by different people, um, which you may be familiar with because it's, it's a lot like what all of this has felt like. But mm-hmm. I, I think I remember, um, you know, a PA had noticed it in one of those very early weeks, uh, and I think my driver one morning mentioned it. But when when you're show running, you also sort of are are in this kind of hole uh, obsessing about the shoot, and so it's it's hard to look up and see. But the, the time on? I really remember, um, and this is really strange for Chicagoans, uh, probably as well, is we, we we turned the McCormick Center into our hospital. Um, wow. In in episode one, I don't know if you remember when we when you uh, go to the hospital and then you kind of fly up and look down and see the tangle mm-hmm. of ambulances and, and cop cars. That's the McCormick Center, and we addressed it and made it. Huh. And I was on my way to head to L.A. the next day, and one of our props guys, this is like mid-February, came up to me and handed me a couple K and 95 masks, which were very unfamiliar at that time, and all of our background were wearing them. And he said, hey, I know you're flying. Um, you should wear these. And I remember, I can't believe this, but I remember saying, why? Um, even then. Wow. So, and then I was like, oh, the thing that's happening? And he said, yeah, it's, it's real. And I, I, I turned myself into the dude at the grocery store, basically, like, yes. oh, because of that thing. Um, and then the crazy thing is, like, about two months later, the McCormick Center was being used, I think, for overflow in Chicago um, when real COVID came. Wow. Yeah, I, I, it must have been crazy for you guys to see the headlines of people hoarding toilet paper and, and canned goods on the news. Well, our, our grocery store situation was, was the reverse, actually, 
then I think of what happened in, in on March 13th. Like when we wondered about that, so we have empty grocery store hoarding, and and I think we all lived through full grocery store grabbing. Right. So it was very eerie. It was, the whole thing was very eerie. Yeah. And, and Patrick, you were forced to halt production of the series for an entire year, right? Essentially, I mean, we had we had uh, planned a, sh- a stop down then because what our what we were intending to do is wait for summer to come in Chicago and shoot the rest of the show there and north and maybe around the corner to to Indiana if we could in the woods. And we what we were forced to do is leave ultimately, I think, and go to go to Toronto to complete the show a year later. Um, but yeah, we we like everyone spent March, April, May, sort of going to ground with our families at home, mm-hmm. waiting to see what was going to happen. Well, I want to give our, our listeners a, a little backstory on you. You grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You went to college okay. at UW Madison. Mm-hmm. Then you lived in Chicago and you taught creative writing at Northwestern. So tell us a little bit more about your connection to this area and how that influenced Station Eleven. Well, a lot of it is about Lake Michigan. I think, um, you know, you're always a stranger in a strange land when you're from Green Bay and walk around in Chicago with a Packers hat. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I grew up next to the same lake everyone in, in Chicago lived next to. And mm-hmm. where my wife, uh, the, the lake my wife grew up next to, she grew up on the north side of Chicago. And so I always felt at home. I always feel at home in, in the Midwest, in the Great Lakes region in particular. When I can see a great lake. I feel safe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was I was home in Chicago. I had I had made a change, um, and I lived there for almost ten years. And I I, lo- I love Chicago. And when it came time to adapt Station Eleven, um, I, that was the place that I knew. Um, and I knew that we were going to have to see Jeevan walking around in a city and see Miranda as a young artist encountering pieces of architecture that were going to inspire her. And um, I just didn't know Toronto really, but I knew that I had walked up to the the Thompson Center many a time and been sort of stunned by uh, a UFO in the center of a major American city. Right. Or um, in the case of Lake Point Tower, which is another special place for the show, um, my wife's grandma lived there. And I didn't know her, but my wife has all these stories of being a little eight-year-old uh, going in and, and swimming in the pool there. And I was just always drawn to it, the, the clover shape, the, the strangeness of it being on the other side mm-hmm. of Lakeshore. And so these, these were my markers. And so that was, that was important for the adaptation that I, that I know some in order to build them into the show. And it was beautiful. There's beautiful, I don't know, there's something unique yeah. about Chicago. And I, I hope Hero captured it, and I hope we captured it with, with the show. Yeah, and I, I um, I'm from Toronto, so I, Uh-oh. I love you the. Mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I love the, the per, I feel personally connected to, to the show because of the, the, uh, the connection to both where I'm from and where I currently live. So. Well, do you feel like you could see? Oh, where totally. You were from totally. In the, but can you see the Toronto side? Can you see the Ontario? I could totally see it. I mean, there were scenes where I was looking at like even little things like payphones and fields and thinking, is that like, I was, I was literally looking at Ontario and I just, I knew it. It was. You were probably right. Yeah. You know, the, the, the cool thing about the show and there's mention of Lake Gitchigumi, um, uh, in episode 10, but the, the, 
the thing that we always talked about was the Great Lakes, the experience of the Great Lakes is pre-technology. They're horizon to horizon. Mm -hmm. If you stand and look, like there's no difference between like Michigan and the ocean uh, if you have no context of scale. And so it it was kind of beautiful. We were always going to shoot Lake Michigan when we were in Chicago, but in the end we were shooting Lake Ontario for Lake Michigan when we were in Toronto. But you can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Giant lake. Uh, it's, It's sort of, it stayed the same. Well, what's cool about this story, too, is you, you also create a sense of hope in the show through art. Um, that's a big part of, of what sustains and, and connects the survivors of this pandemic. Here's another clip of a, a theater troupe that's traveling about the dystopian landscape, and they're trying to provide people with entertainment. Look around. That's, that's barbed wire, okay? We're locked up. It's kind of nice, though, you know? We're safe. Let's travel. We can't stay. We, we, you guys, it's not safe. Yes, it is. No, Alex, it's not. They're excited for us. They've never seen a play. Oh, they've never seen a play? Never. We have to do the play. Patrick, tell us about what we just heard there and, and what the play means to all these characters. Well, the first thing I'd say is always be wary if someone hires you and then puts barbed wire around you. <laughs> Generally. <laughs> for sure. But that was that's from later in the season, um, and the play is Hamlet, and the troupe is debating whether or not they're going to perform um, for a group that seems a little sketchy, honestly. Um, but in that argument, I think, is the thing you're talking about, too. Uh, Chicago's full of professional working artists and theater people and people who dedicate their lives to, to putting something on, and I think those of us in the arts know the feeling of it feeling like an emergency. Um, if it is or it isn't, it feels like an emergency to go do the thing that that you've been working on or put it on for other people. I don't know why, I, but I think that's bound up in in what you asked about hope and 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 the future. Like, there's something really important. I just think about the arts and in our world right now. is It's really easy to eye roll that. I hate that. Uh, but what I loved about being in Chicago as a younger artist in my 20s. There's a lot of spaces that you can find and go to on any given evening where you're surrounded by people who think the same thing. Mm -hmm. That art matters, and it's not about money. It's not about making a fortune. It's not about being famous. It's just about making a thing and and going to see other people doing it, too. I love Chicago for that. Yeah, the the story clearly lays out some disturbing truths about human behavior, but it's also very hopeful at the same time. Before I let you go, Patrick... HBO describes the show as a, quote, limited series. Does that mean no season two of Station Eleven? I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <sighs> you know, that was the intention and the project. It was, let's make, let's make one distinct thing. Um, and the, the great thing about that is it, it lets you close the loop on the story in mm-hmm. the right way uh, rather than, than playing around and teasing hoping for an outcome and uh station 11 is is the thing and and maybe we'll do more of it i mean who knows who knows what happens fingers crossed streamers are weird awesome show that's patrick somerville creator showrunner and executive producer of station 11 the show season finale is out today on hbo max thanks for joining us patrick want more context on the top issues of the day find the podcast wbez's reset wherever you listen